0: Boom. Okay. Uh, we're going to try a little bit of a, a different thing here where we actually recap what we talked about on the episode, just to give you uh, a sense for the, I don't know what we, what we talked about, but it was a good episode. We had Travis Rettenmeyer on, he actually had some of the most interesting insights as far as like, okay, one major league pickleball, generally some of the nuances of that final match and and what was happening, why they didn't call timeouts in those pivotal moments. We talked yeah. a lot about the talent wave that's going to be coming from tennis. We talked about his transition. We talked about how to make MLP better, what's so awesome about it. And uh, I thought it was a, a good conversation. It was a great conversation. Can I also talk to you a little bit about um, something I just received in the mail? Yeah, I'd love nothing, nothing more. What do you have? Well, first of all, when I opened the mail, yeah, it told me that I provided 10 meals to, to fight hunger. So yeah, that makes you feel all just from opening the mail. And, uh, in that box was, uh, these bad boys. Ooh, pretty dope sunglasses. What are they? Shady rays. Ooh. Do you, do you know shady rays? I know of shady rays. I don't own a pair. I feel like if you wear sunglasses on a podcast, you look blind. But uh, no, so this brand is the uh, – they're the official sunglasses of the PPA Tour. Did you know that? I didn't. So they're an independent sunglasses company that offers a world-class product that's just as good as any expensive pair we've worn.
1: Okay. Well, can't wait to
0: check them out. Yeah. I want to I wanna know about the donation thing because apparently – well, every pair of like sunglasses it. provides ten meals to fight hunger, and that's pretty awesome. Would you agree? I think so. I think it probably a portion of what you pay to buy the sunglasses goes to meals for the hungry. Yeah, I found it. So they also provide ten meals to fight hunger in America with every order, and have donated over twenty million meals to date. So you can, look good, you can look good in your shades and feel good about the the impact. A couple more things. So if you don't love them, you can exchange them for free within 30 days, or you can just send them back. And then uh, also quick, uh, quick offer for our listeners. So they're giving their best deal of the season to our listeners. Mm. You can go to shadyrays.com and use code DINK, all caps, DINK one word. Of course it's one word because it is just one word for 50% off two pairs of polarized sunglasses. That's, ShadyRays.com, code DINK, all caps, for 50% off two pairs of uh, polarized sunglasses. Two or more pairs, that is.
1: Wow. Yeah. Those do do look dope on you, bro. I'd have to say they are your style. So whoever chose them out did a great job. Yeah, they do kind of. They are kind of my style. Yeah, that's signature Thomas Shields right there. (laughs) Uh, Do you want to hear about uh, Relight? Yeah, talk to me. Number one uh, electrolyte drink in the game. Hydration should not be a puzzle. This stuff has 10 times more electro- electrolytes than leading brands. And you can get it for 15% off on their website using the code PICKLEBALL. Also all one word. Uh, tastes delicious. And for me personally, it's the only thing that has an effect in the, this heat. We're in a heat wave here in Arizona, and if I drink Relight, I know that I can go half
0: an hour, an hour longer on the courts. Yes, sir, I like it. Uh, you know, I'm a, I'm a big fan of it. But um, yeah, so now we'll get into the episode. We're gonna welcome on Travis Rettenmeyer, and uh, again, this was a really good conversation. So I I think people are gonna like this one. But in the meantime, subscribe on YouTube, like it, leave us a comment, let us know. Follow us on Twitter at Dink Pickleball. Um, and uh, yeah, let's get into it. And we're walking in. Yeah, welcome back to Pickleball. It's kind of been a little bit since New York. It has, it's been a while, but uh,
1: we were going to record. We were in Austin and we were helping with the coverage for MLP on yep. their channels and also on CBS Sports. And, uh, we were going to record the podcast out there, but we never got around to it. And it would have been
0: kind of a chore anyways. And,
1: you know, sometimes when you're in the heat of pickleball, you just want to enjoy pickleball for a little bit.
0: No, it was a grind. It was super hot. We were putting in the work and when it came down to thinking about recording, Uh I was like walking around trying to find a good spot to do it. And I found an okay spot, but ultimately it was like you and me kind of gave each other the look like, Nah. Let's take a break.
1: <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs> but uh, Michelle McMahon, our friend, did keep calling this the pickleball pod. I so, thought you were going to correct her eventually, but I, and I was going to correct her on the CBS broadcast, yeah. but I didn't want to like text her while she was up in the booth. You should so have. I was like, I was like, whatever. Yeah. That's no, how I, I was. Didn't wanna, I just didn't want
1: to. I wanna wonder if you pick, if you but. Google pickleball pod, if ours still comes up or if it's another one that's not ours.
0: Yeah. What the hell? Well, Let's change our name to Pickleball Pod. Now we have to because. I don't know. It sounds more official. It's like, all right, like, what's the first thing you're going to search for if you're trying to find a pickleball podcast? You're going to put in like Pickleball Pod. Like, we would be the first thing to pop up. Okay. We can change it to Pickleball Pod. I don't mind that. Um,
1: anyways, we had a lot of fun out there. It was a grind. It's it's not easy to commentate and, and in the heat, especially, but it was, I, enjoyed it i thought we we did awesome because you know how we are and uh and it was great and we're gonna do more of those we're going to the other major league pickleball events uh when we can and uh what else oh yeah drew breeze was out there did you see drew breeze i didn't did get to see him you did rip and shorter than me um, yeah i didn't know he was so such a cute little teeny tiny guy is he that small? He's probably
0: like six one. Okay, so what does that make me like a little minion? <laughs> yeah. Well, I'm just saying, a professional NFL quarterback. I expected him to be like a little bit taller than me. God, um, the height thing's been a—it's been a running joke lately. I've never. Again, Why? I've who been, else? Who's been? Who? I've—I've I've never really been like insecure. I'm—I'm I'm five. I'm like 5'10 and a half, right? So uh-huh. I always say 5'11, but I'm more like 5'10 probably. But who's harassing you about your height? Well, I kind of made it a joke. In like, in mm-hmm. So I have a new group of friends here in Austin. I kind of made it a joke, and now it keeps becoming a thing. But oh, I think it's yeah. funny, so I always play into it. So I always send them stuff. So I went to go back and find that clip where you're like, what do you think DJ Young's wingspan is? And I was like, oh, well, probably like 6'7 or something like that because it, it looks like my height, right? And yeah. I made some jokes, so. Um, I kind of keep it alive because I think it's funny. Okay, but uh, you know, I just want to clarify. You know, I'm not uh, self-conscious. Not these, I'm not one of these Daniel Craig guys where it's like you see me in person, and you go, <laughs> "Oh, <laughs> oh,
1: or you Tom know, Cruise." You know what the base? is? Where they <laughs> yeah, have yeah, to right, hire so. all the
0: actors in Tom Cruise's movie have to be under five five, so he yeah. looks normal. So my my buddies and I do um, trivia once a month, mm-hmm. and uh, we go to like a we go in my building, there's a bar upstairs and it's actually people use it and, uh, they do trivia once a month and we won the first trivia. Right. So we were like the defending champ. So we went back in nice and, uh, and, um, and it came down to one final question, right? Like tie ball game. We could win it on this. And the question is rank these celebrities in terms of height. And it was, and I'll try not to do it in order and then you can try it. Okay. Yeah, and then we'll move into some more pickleball stuff. Let's hear it. But it was uh, Will Smith, Chris Rock, uh, Kevin Hart, Vin Diesel, Tom Cruise. Okay, I got it.
1: Go by hot, tallest to shortest. Yeah. Can I do the opposite way? Uh, okay, so we got Go I shortest think, to tallest. So I think uh, Kevin Hart's the shortest. Then I think Tom Cruise is the next shortest. Then I think Vin Diesel. Then I think Chris Rock. And then I think Will Smith is the tallest. I got it right.
0: Yeah, that might have been it. I'm not sure between Vin Diesel and Tom Cruise. No, yeah. So it was was the fact that Vin Diesel is 5'11 and Chris Rock is 5'10. And we thought, we thought Vin Diesel being this like action hero, you know, this is that's the trick is everybody thinks he's taller than he is. So we were like, okay, let's make him shorter than Chris Rock. But really, he's 5'11, Chris Rock's 5'10. Then Tom Cruise is like, you know, 5'7. And then Kevin Hart is teeny teeny tiny. Two, he's 5'2. He's teeny tiny. Uh, But you know who's tall? You and Travis Rettenmeier. Yeah. Who's who's tall? I'm who's Travis. You're not in here yet. Travis is saying something, but he's not in here. Oh, uh, let's should
1: we? So I let's guess in, we'll him. Yeah. Let's intro Travis Rettenmeyer.
0: Uh, we met him at Major League Pickleball. Yeah, met him for the first time in person there. We yes. wanted to have him on the podcast earlier. I wasn't he here. Had a, he had a good run with Ryler DeHart Hart against um, at some APP and had a they had a good match against. Adam stone and deckle bar and everyone was like, Oh, these former tennis players coming into pickleball. Like, you know, it was kind of the, the topic. So we wanted to have him on it then it didn't happen, mm-hmm. but he obviously had a hell of a performance as a player slash owner in major league pickleball for the Florida smash him and him and J dub were quite the, the men's duo. And um, yeah, I think at the, when he was walking off the court, I said to him, I think at the, like at, at the finals, I was like, Here's one takeaway that nobody can dispute. You definitely silence those who are like, you can't be a player and an owner and draft yourself. So uh, with well, we that. Well, we've got to talk to him about it. Yeah, let's welcome Get him in. Get him in here. In. And that can, be, that can be the first thing.
2: What's up, fellas? What's up, What's Travis? Happening?
0: How you doing, dude?
2: Uh, just busy, man. Busy, busy. Back to reality.
1: Are you in a corporate office?
2: Yeah, I'm borrowing my buddy's office. I forgot my computer. So I was like, hey, man, can I use a quiet spot and you know yeah. that's the good thing about having a nice network they they set me up with a spot
0: yeah you sound uh, great thank you. Uh, yeah i have i have nightmares about those ceilings right there
2: yeah i've never done it have no intention of ever doing it
0: the panels you can push up yep. you, know, you throw you throw a pen up there you get it stuck no here's what you do and here's what we used to do
1: is uh at the missionary training center where they would train Mormon missionaries before they would go out. They had those same types of ceilings. You could lift up the panels and see into the room next to you. So we'd do that at night in our dorm rooms, lift those up and use squirt guns and squirt other sleeping missionaries in the face and then close them back down and they wouldn't know where they got rained on from. Classic
0: classic Mormon childhood. <laughs> Dude, you know it.
2: <laughs> Travis. I can't share those uh, experiences different, but you know, more camp oriented than the...
1: Yeah, uh, this is the, basically the same. Yeah. Uh, Travis, I wanted to ask you real quick here a couple of things. Major League Pickleball, you were part owner of Florida Smash. Then you, I assume, had some dis- deciding factor in selecting yourself to be on the team was That's that a good question i'm curious was yeah. that the goal in purchasing or owning having part ownership or ownership of florida smash was to also be able to play 100
2: yeah i mean okay. really. i was pretty aware that i wouldn't get chosen if i didn't draft myself you know one not enough people know me they know i'm a tennis guy and i don't blame them i've been playing pickleball that long i still don't mm-hmm. feel like i'm that good relative to what I can play like. But I also knew if we got to select someone high, like a, a one, two, or a three, and it turned out there was a lot of really good dudes there. I mean, Zane, I think, I chosen seven, which was disturbing to me. It made no sense. But um I knew that I would be able to, to link up with a guy that was really good and see how that felt to play with somebody and learn from someone that was better than me. Yeah, And... So that was certainly that. And I wanted to have an opportunity to do it. So when we we decided, and I say we, because there's a lot of people included in this, friends, they kind of urged me to do it. Um, the intent was to play with someone. And I got as lucky as we could get to play with JW. I mean, the guy is a stud, man. Just the coolest kid ever too. Like can't can't say enough good things about him. You know, I could probably talk about him the whole time. So uh, that was certainly the intent. Yeah.
0: Okay. Um, I love that so- you own it. You're Because I've, I was wondering if even if you did have, even if you were like part of it was I just want to draft myself. I was curious whether you'd no, you got it. it your own you're get it. Candid yeah, is, like it me. I got I got I got nothing,
2: this I got is, a lot, nothing to hide. Yeah. But this yeah. is one of those I, that's things what where I it's would it's like,
1: like you. This is I like this. This is like one of those moments where let's say you become something big in pickleball. You achieve something great, and people will look back on this and say, Even if you, I mean, you guys were finalists, so maybe you've already done that. For sure, you've silenced people who have accused you of doing that in a negative way. But saying like, okay, this was that moment where he took like a risk and became an owner of a team specifically so he could also participate, knowing that he could compete, but also understanding that people didn't know him well enough to know that he could compete. And so you took that opportunity yourself to make sure that it happened, which uh, big respect there. Uh, in the finals, I know I don't uh, we're talking about something maybe heartbreaking to you. It was. There were two timed outs, I feel like that could have been used that could have 100%. altered the entire outcome of everything. Why were those not used? The first time that was it the men's doubles where you guys were up, 20 to 16? 12. 20 to 12 at 16 when those guys score 16 why is there not a timeout the entire audience was calling for you to call for a because timeout because
2: to be honest at 20 to 16 it was more format oriented no no i think we i think we'd only lost really like i mean we lost 4 points obviously but i think we'd won 3 at that point you know it, it wasn't like there was a massive dispute i didn't you were feel like we were winning side outs and right we we're getting side outs yeah. and they're they're scoring points on both sides so i didn't feel like the even though the score line was changing and the, the pressure was building, I didn't feel like the momentum had shifted that much. Then at 2017, I want to say, I certainly tightened up, and that's when I should have called it. I know JW doesn't like them that much. I'm certainly not a huge fan of them. I, I understand the benefit. But in the previous match, we were up 20-14, to 14 and it was almost the exact same scenario where we went to 2019. Uh, I had a good drop, and JW crossed. We won, 21-19. So I think that was in the back of my head. They're like, okay, this has happened before. We're still calm. We're still in order. And I think, you know, sadly there was two factors. One, I I backed off a little bit. I think JW did too. A lot of times he'd been crossing over the middle when we were in Dink rallies. If Rafa had floated it up, he'd kind of, you know, do his little jab step across and snap the forehand off. And there was probably three or four balls that maybe that was available, but even more so where it was on my side and I should have reached and, uh, and just closed it. But I was rather confident that I would, beat rafa more often than not in a dink rally and we charted it after it was seven to three even though we lost the last several so tactically it was okay it was a decent idea but but i don't like the way that i just let opportunities slip and kind of hope that jw would do it for me now with that said the, the cool thing about jw the, the thing that i love about the guy is i don't think he's ever cared about something as much as he cared in this particular instance like i'd never seen i've watched jw a lot just as a fan and thought you know what the hell's wrong with this guy like, come on, man. Give me a little emotion. Give me a little juice. And on day one, very little. By day three, the guy's like eyeballing me like, let's go. Yeah. And, you know, it was like, like they, that was my favorite part. So I think what the reason I say that, I think he wanted it so much for the people around him, the people that were kind of bringing him out of his shell, that he, he froze a little bit too. He wouldn't probably say that. But I think that's what I saw. And I know that feeling when you care so much and you want to do so well for the others around you, that it can prohibit you from maybe... Playing as freely as you should,
1: right? No, I think even from my perspective, there, I I s- could feel that, or sense that, or see that happening a little bit.
2: That hey, was both of us. He and you I, were, I, were both, we both more like,
1: us. don't make a mistake here, right? Rather right. than and, let's and the format, win,
2: right? And the format does that a little bit, right? Because even though we're up twenty to twelve, I think we essentially had four match points, actual match points, and on one of them, uh, we had a great dig out, great point, and I played which I referenced earlier, I played like a, a shot in my rec games that's perfect. I had a little drop, and I wanted to nut it over to the right side so that everyone shifted, and Zane earned it and and busted a ball up the middle. Like That's something I have to learn. In that particular situation, you never go line, you go middle. You just take that yeah. out of the equation. But I've never played someone that's done that. It just yeah. never happened. So yeah, um, yeah there, there's definitely a learning curve there. And, uh, and we, we had opportunities to close it. The format certainly made us feel a little more tense. And I think that ne- it needs to be adjusted slightly, but, um, but certainly it, it created great drama and great matches.
0: So, so, wait, talk, talk about, I want you to just expand on that really quickly. What do you think about the format could, could change? I think the format's
2: awesome. I mean, there's no doubt, like just being a part of it, the drama of the matches was insane. Uh, you never feel out of it as obviously they didn't. And I went back and I think the, the Ernie that, Zane hit was at 2013, so they're essentially down 20 to 14 now. It's it's not really close. We've been killing them, but he knows as well as you know everybody else that they got a lot of shots now that maybe we're only going to get one or two more chances. In my opinion, the team that's winning is at a disadvantage because when the team that's behind gets to 20, they still maintain serve, right? So now at 2020, they have the first look to go to 21. Shouldn't be that way. It should be something along the lines, like if you're up 2017, let's say, or more, and you've dominated the match, then they need to alter that, where like maybe at 2020, um, if you're behind that much, like I said, the, the team that was leading gets the serve so that they get the first opportunity, or even, even more so, like, okay, you made this comeback, but now the team that was up by three or five or whatever you want to make the number, now they have the opportunity to score on both sides, yeah. serve and return, and you have to win two in a row on your serve. So that way there's just not like a massive disparity. Cause again, we, we charted it after, and I think it was five points more that we won and we lose. So that, that, you know, Interesting. La- the last part that's important about that though, and this is the most important part is monetization. Gambling is everything for sports, right? Nobody wants, I shouldn't say nobody, but a lot of people watch sports because they like to gamble on, them. they care about that. They want to put some money down. And I know when I put money down on sports, I, the spread is the only thing I bet. I bet the spread how do you bet a sport the spread is two every time, right? It's because p- you can't – almost every match that we played, I would say 75 to 80%, it ended up being a two-point spread. So it alters that too much where it's too predictable. Again, creates great theater. And I think Steve is aware of that. He's, he knows that it's it's there's something slightly wrong, but he also knows that he's got an incredible product that nobody com- can compare to yeah. and that it creates amazing drama. Travis. But if you're going to get into – the gambling aspect, which is critical, then you have to make a slight adjustment so that somebody can come on and say, "Okay, J.W. and Zane are going to win by five points tonight, and that's what it is." You can't just have it be two, 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 two. Here's what we Travis. do.
0: So you need to stop making
2: all my points before I <laughs> get to them. <laughs> no,
0: this is it. <laughs> Sorry, dude. When you I, get I to twenty, when you get to
1: twenty and it's your side out, then you get a one and a two serve. With that. Good. Would that work? That you go work. to
2: full pickleball standard rules. So, so 2020 as in like like no. Zane and then he gets this, or the guys that were ahead get the one, two serve.
1: No. So as you are at 2012, every time you get a side out, you get a one and a two serve.
2: Okay. So you
1: can't, you don't go to rally scoring, but you get two opportunities every time. I
2: got you. I got you. That's better because I would free it up a little bit.
1: Yeah. And I would free it up a little bit. It would be something to experiment with. And then if that's not working, then you could take greater measures into your hands and say, whoever gets to 21st at 2020, they get side out as well. Wait, so you're saying the team that's behind has two, two serves or no, no, only the team ahead gets two serves. So if, so where Travis and J Dub
0: were at 2012. No, that, because then that creates even more insulation for the winners. I mean, basically you're, no, it's we're creating the leverage more insulation the for the winners because you're still not only allowed to score on serve,
2: right? But the other guys can still score on my serve, so yes. they get two serves. We get two serves, but then it's
1: no, you get point. they. You, only you get two serves. Only but if I you think. get two serves until
0: they get to twenty. But if you know you have two serves and it's for all the marbles, and you have a the backstop of a, a second serve, why wouldn't Zane or some of these players do the craziest serve? I know that's what clarify, you, that's I what they earned.
1: True. They earned that right because they're ahead by six points.
0: But in the, you're, you're, this is circumstantial. And they're you taking first, a big, they're taking but a big risk. They're not risk always going to be. Serve. No, I, I just, I think I disagree with this. I mean,
2: I, I don't, I don't <laughs> know what like, to be honest. I don't Let's know. Let's
0: try it. We got to try it. Yeah,
2: we got to try it. We got to try some stuff out and we're going to try things. There's no doubt.
0: There, there are two things that you touched on though. So I actually talked to Steve about this afterward. And uh, he said specifically, the format is the reason. You you used a great word, theater, is the reason that match got so exciting at the end no because questions. they they could make that crazy comeback. And so Steve is a massive fan of that. And if that's the mentality over there at MLP, I would doubt that they even think about making a change to that specifically. Because no, he will. He, he, we, we've already, he already discussed mentioned he that will. he loves that. But he I do will, agree. Though. But I agree. Gambling. Yeah, It needs to happen in pickleball if we want the pro game to do what we all want it to do. I sure. think some people are against it. Gambling will bring in so much more interest and in outside viewers. Even if it's just in some cases degenerates who want to gamble, doesn't matter. It gets more people talking, more eyeballs. That's what the sport needs. So gambling should be a big factor, but I, I think we've got a little ways to go for, for, for that to happen.
2: I don't think it's that far off to be honest.
0: Well, I know for a fact that it kind of got stopped in its tracks and really they need to basically like reignite those conversations. Gotcha. And um, I'm, I'm, I think I'm not, I don't gamble on sports. I, you know, I use Super no, Bowl used to. sometimes, but yeah. like, you know what I've been gambling on, on the NBA
1: finals, I've been gambling on who makes the first basket, but I only will put money on anybody who's paying out greater than 10 to one because of all the starters. If you're getting a larger return than 10 to one, why, how could you not? I'm ahead, dude. I've been doing it like the whole NBA, uh, the whole NBA playoffs, and I'm ahead. So I, I, gam- used,
2: to I, put, I used to say I was ahead. I'm not everybody
1: ahead. does that. That's Rush. everybody's got a system until the system just, fails, exactly. and then fail. they have a sad, sad tale. Right, Travis. We talked about that timeout initially with you and J Dub. Now we move to mixed doubles. Yeah. Identical scenario, no timeout.
2: I know. Just, just poor, just poor, poor management on my, on my part, in particular. You know, they they classified me as the captain. I kind of went with J Dub's feeling. Like again, he's he's not a big timeout guy. He just plays, and I yeah. love that. I love that about him. However, okay, um, what I did recognize as time progressed, and and I, it's more like a personality thing. But when I went really introspective after it was all done, mm-hmm. I was very submissive towards J Dub in the beginning because the guy's better than me. He's just a better player. He's played a yeah. lot longer. And um, so there was like this initial theory, like, hey, you just be the male version of Lee, make balls, let J-Dub do his thing. But J-Dub had an extreme respect for me based on tennis. He was a tennis kid growing up, so he knows my accolades there. And and he was asking a million questions regarding these things. I guess where I'm going with that is I noticed as time went on, he was looking to me more to make decisions. He didn't want to make them. He wanted me to say, for instance, when we we were up 2012, like I should have asked him, hey, man, are you all tight? You'll type like, I got it. Don't worry. I got you. And same scenario there. I should have said, it doesn't matter if he feels comfortable with the timeout. This is the right thing. Uh, you know, from a an, an older guy who maybe sees that this is shifting and the momentum is altering. I should have made those moves. And, and next time I will, you know, and then that's all I can say really about it. It was a learning curve for me. I, I feel like I learned a lot in that process and there's no doubt that that won't happen again.
1: Okay. Uh, I I mean, I agree. Like, you have the experience, you have like the wisdom and stuff like that. You should step in there and you recognize that. There is a rule in Major League Pickleball where, in between stops, teams can trade out a player, but you're in a unique position that you're an owner. You're not trading yourself. No. Okay. No offense. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> <I'm not interested. laughs> I talked to Steve walk, about I this, I was like, what... Travis is protecting, there's,
0: he can't. he's an owner, he's not, he, 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 there's no way that that
1: would happen anyways,
0: but hypothetically. Hold on, can yeah. you, can you, but it has to be, if you do trade a player, it has to be one of the reserves that no, MLB chooses. No, it has to be someone that submitted an application.
1: You can name a new player, one new player between each stop that
0: was an applicant. I didn't and know that. The That's reserves stay the same.
1: Yeah, I wonder so, if
0: some of the teams are entertaining that, or if there's just it too much. So OBG. interesting. Was there's there somebody that failed so bad?
2: There's no question. I mean, I've heard rumblings already. So okay. who and really? where and what I can't tell you, but but I'm sure you're going to see a little shifting.
1: And then a uh, hmm. last thing about the team aspect of Major League Pickleball, and we we harped on it a lot that weekend and even building up to it. There's so much money at stake here for some of these younger players are you getting together with JW are you getting together with Lee are you getting together with Maggie to train more to like get that energy and synergy and everything flowing so that at the next one you're even better than you were at the last one
2: yeah I think um just logistically it's going to be tough to get everyone together unless we're all at a particular stop and we go a day early what i'm going to suggest to them is that we go two days early to california just to get some some reps in but J Dub and i have already talked a lot about you know meeting in the middle of florida me going to the east him coming to the west and um you know which is great for me the more that i can get time with him the better but yeah there's there's no question seeing the the outcome like it exceeded all my expectations there there's no doubt we're going to do whatever we can to be as ready as possible for the next event
1: okay i like it and thomas you might not know this about travis you don't drill is that correct from our sh- short conversation on instagram mostly from training all you do is play rec games with 4.0 level players <laughs>
2: that's about right yeah yeah like the night after uh the day we lost major league pickable i was at my local crescent lake the following evening you know playing my my standard games which i love those folks you know i mean they're they're the reason i'm playing pickleball but i got one buddy that i drill with who's solid enough to drill with and he's he's uh got soft hands and you know we can go through all our reps and he does that regularly but i would say 85 percent of my play is exactly what you just stated
0: wow okay so on that note we're always looking for a third host (laughs) <laughs> sounds like you might you might fit in with with our style here because you are i mean a rec- you're a testament to you've got you got to, you've got to you drill don't you go have to, to drill N, you can go to the major league pickleball finals and you don't have to drill yeah what's the fun in drilling is what we've always it's asked not it's not that fun it's, i
1: find
2: it boring as can be yeah <laughs> and i've and i've read a lot of this like John's and Parento drill 80% of the time. Like to me, that's totally ludicrous. J -J Dub's not doing that. I talked to him about it. He's not doing that. He wants to play. And that's why he's so creative and he's so good tennis. We have a very simple structure. You train half the time drilling and half the time Mm -hmm. you play points. Now I think that makes a lot more sense. Problem is you need good competitors to make that, you know, realistic. Right. Um, So yeah, no, no, I will never be a, a big time driller. I fall in love with a shot pretty consistently but I'm going to rep that shot. And the 4.0 dudes, 4.5 dudes that I play with, they don't care what I try. They just want me to play.
0: Yeah. So if you guys aren't going to be able to, if you're only going to go out two days early and, and train together, are you worried that some of these other teams meanwhile are going to be like together for the next couple months, just like drilling as a team nonstop? I mean, they've got More. 25 grand online. Like, you know, they, they sort of see it. They're like, okay, we have an opportunity to make a run let's make this our, our career until, until uh, the next stop.
2: Yeah. And I think, I think that's possible, you know, and people might do that. It's an unrealistic expectation for me at the moment, just given my life, which I intend to alter because I want it to be more about pickleball, but if they make that commitment and they're willing to do that, then all the power to them, I hope they do. But um, I don't, it doesn't really concern me. Cause I think in a few days, one, we learned a lot about each other, and I think JW and Lee will certainly play consistently over the next few months, as they always do. They'll certainly get enough reps. They certainly know each other well enough. I think the issue is me playing with Maggie, and um, that was certainly our weakest point. And then I have no issues that JW and I, because we live relatively close, will be able to get in enough practice time that that we are are solidified and, and solid as a team. And I mean, we've been talking every day since just communicating on what he thought, what I thought. And, and we have a very similar view on what took place. So um, I think we'll sure up any issues that we have. So no, the other teams really don't concern me. I hope they bring it. I hope they get as, as good as they possibly can.
0: Yeah. What's um? there's a lot of different ways we could, and we we can come back to some of the stuff too, but, I want to ask you coming from, and for the for the listeners who, who may not know, Travis, former pro tennis player, you got ranked top 100, top 60 in, in doubles. in dubs, yeah. I'm, I'm not sure what your, your singles record was. Not but great,
2: not around 250.
0: Coming into, so making the transition into pickleball, and now that you've played at, you know, debatably the, the highest level, what are some of the, the things that surprised you or you didn't expect that were adjustments that you had to make or... Anything that jumps out to you, really?
2: I mean, there's certainly a lot of nuances that I was that I didn't respect early on. Um, you know, subtleties, certain shots, things that that I'm watching better players do. That I'm like, okay, I need to add that to my game. And and I think one of them was really clear in the end. Uh, is and since I've worked on it, because there's probably, like I said, there was probably four balls where I could have reached, and I yeah. noticed I stand in a pretty what I would classify as a tennis stance. I'm almost upright, like I'm low, but I'm not exactly thinking reach with my arms. My, my hands are in. So some of my dinks were pretty effective. They were cross court rollers with a fair bit of bite on them. And I didn't anticipate like the next ball I'm reaching. And so that was one from a tactical perspective that like you don't do because if you hit a good ball to a good spot in tennis, you just close the net, you're on top of the net. You don't have to reach. Um, on the negative side, the one thing that's really surprised me is the lack of professionalism. You know, the, the, the players that play aren't professional. They're just not professional. I'm not accustomed to that. And in nothing terms of that. what,
0: how, 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 so practice
2: time preparation. Um, I just, I don't see them. And, and in some ways it's good in the fact that it keeps pickleball in some regards, lighthearted. And, and I like the atmosphere and I think all the players are very good, but when you come from the world that I came from, um, you know, there's, there's a lot of money at stake. People have usually been playing since they're three, four years old. And the idea of dedicating five hours intensely a day to your craft is very normal. That's just the way you do it. You don't you don't go out and get hammered. You don't, you know, lose and, and you know, you just don't. You, you keep it going. And so I think, you know, JW is probably one of the few. I'm sure Ben might be that way. And obviously Tyson's that way. I think there's some guys that are super professional and yeah. take this... The right way and i think the vast majority are kind of like an eh, hour or two of practice you know i'm good and that's it yeah and i think i think that you know jw for instance he goes trainer five days a week he's doing a lot of uh dynamic exercises and i think you can see it in the way that he moves and the way that his body is altering as he as he ages so that's one thing that i hope changes uh as the sport evolves as you see some real professionals so that's going to require more money to get into it because not nobody's going to pay a trainer five days a week if they're making $20,000 a year. But once that changes, then I think you will see uh, guys who put the blinders on a bit more and, and, and do, do to it that way.
1: I think like also to that um, even from uh, the fans perspective is that Uh, lack is kind of a harsh word for it, but of professionalism and sitting in the stands at major league pickleball, I noticed a lot of times when teams are playing those team members on the sidelines are not in their chair at the sideline, supporting their team the whole time. Sometimes they were going up in the stands and hanging out with their other professionals or their significant others for a little bit, crossing over a little bit to talk a little bit. I, I was a college swimmer and I did that one time to somebody I went to high school with that was at the university we were competing at. I went and said hi to them in the stands, came back down. I got reamed and punished for leaving the sidelines during a swim meet. And even from a camera's perspective, you go to the sidelines and there's one of the two teammates sitting there and the other one's gone. Right. Well,
2: there's two schools of thought for that. I think Tyson, uh, like for me, I was so into it that I was getting like nervous during some of the matches. And I was concerned that I was so wired that the next match, maybe I would not be performing as well because my nerves were already a little shot. So I was like, all right, okay. D- Davis Cup, for instance, you'll see a, a lot of the guys, they'll leave like an hour before. Like they don't even know what the score was. They don't care. It's just like, yes. I win my match. That's how I help my team. Now, I don't think that's the case here. I don't think guys are that, again, that professional where they're thinking – Uh, I think they're more just being social. Now I'm all for social. I love social. I want banter. I want the whole thing. But yeah, if that's the case, then uh, I can't relate because I was out of my chair the whole time. I wanted to. I give as much abuse as I could.
1: Yeah, and it's fine to be out of your chair. But I think you, from my perspective, and even from I think a camera like seeing it on TV, those teammates need to be there supporting their team the entire time. Yeah, I'm in jump out of my chair. Yeah, totally fine. That's totally fine. They should be there cheering supporting watching and anticipation, but like, I get it. Like maybe there are certain nerves and they do better to clear their head out of the way, but even still, maybe you can figure a way to do that while being on the sideline
2: in yeah. front of your team. Yeah, you don't see it in the NBA, right? Guys are sitting there. They got have to be there. Right. Yeah.
1: They would be fi- probably fined for getting out of their chair and going somewhere else. Right. So, uh, yeah, but I mean, that's also the charm of pickleball right is that it's casual and it's fun and that it's you know uh, wear your cargo shorts to work day uh so <laughs> so gotta like it's a little bit though what
2: gotta switch it a little bit i mean i yeah. like again i love the pickleball vibe but i think it needs yeah to switch a little bit
1: yeah and when we talked to you a little bit you said that your nickname
2: is there's a couple things the dirt bag the dirt bag is legit how did that come to pass Sadly. I mean, I'm grungy. Always have been. <laughs> okay, yeah. You know, I'm good with that. Would like to alter it, but like, unless I have a girlfriend oh. at the time, I dress badly. Say it again. Okay. Yeah, I wasn't I sure dress-
0: if it was like, you're like an appearance thing grungy or like you're willing to, uh, you know, maybe call a questionable line here and there. So.
2: Oh, definitely not. That is the one thing I'll never condone. It's, it's, it'll it's actually a, a red card for me right away. If you cheat, we're done. Yeah. But, um, yeah no dice on that one bud uh but you know the other one is like i'm kind of when i came into pickleball it was super casual for me it still is to some extent you know but um i they guys make fun of me where i play because i show up with like one paddle mat, mismatching socks wearing jorts whatever you want and then i'm like hey anyone got a grip anyone got some water like i need these things so it kind of just came to be like the dirt bag doesn't show up with anything you know it just takes everybody's stuff and i've become close enough with these people that I kind of just walk by their bags and I take, I take, I take, I take. And it's just kind of like a known theme now. It's more of a joke than anything. I got a
1: full bag of freebies. My backpack is filled with grips and yeah, don't uh, let me walk by, hydration bro. and everything. No, it's, I back. mean, it's free for the taking. It's communal. Uh, That's
2: what I say. It's communal.
1: Yeah, it is. And then yes. the other thing that we talked about a little bit was you said you have more non-playing paddle tricks than anyone in the game. Yes, how, how come you're not showboating these on your Instagram?
2: I mean, I, I only shown one like the, the the twist, you know. But there there's a couple others that I'm working on. There's one guy I don't know if you've seen him. His name's um, Stefan Bajork. I believe his last name is a tennis dude, and he's okay. got all these nasty. So I'm trying to transfer to pickle. It's harder because the paddle is a little smaller. But the one that I get the most props for is the spin. Nobody can. I only know one other dude that can do that, and um, and everyone that always sees it's like you know, gives me a little grief. I always thought like DJ young would be the right guy for it. I was like, man, you're not chill enough. You can't do this. He's like, I'm so chill. I don't even try it. It was like, yeah. Touche. <laughs> well said. Um, so yeah, yeah. I got a few of them.
0: Okay. Well, we'll stay tuned for that. So the, the singles as a player and owner, right. You have stake in the league in more ways than, than one, and a unique perspective, the dream breaker, it is, um, touted as this amazing thing that brings in the fans it's super exciting uh can decide the the fate of potentially the championship if it comes down to it but at the same time it's very odd to me particularly for what we want to say is like the premier professional level of of pickleball do you think that the dream breaker really has a place moving forward if we want to put this,
2: well, I'd be curious of your perspective. Like watching it, what did it look like to you? It's certainly odd, you know, the it's, way that it's it matches fun. up.
0: Yeah, it's fun to watch, but it just, it seems, it makes it seem more like a game than like, you know, and that sort of lends to these players aren't professional, right? It's not, they don't look at it as their craft yet. They don't take it super seriously. Right, in in my tracks. mind, the Dream Breaker, it's like, oh, so a basketball game goes to like, a, a three-point shootout if it's tied like you would never you would never want something like that it's fun it's exciting i love watching it it makes for for like um you know good, good highlights plan. and stuff like but, that. S-
1: but soccer does go to a shootout eventually yeah. sometimes That's uh, true. yeah i mean and maybe you could structure it a little Hockey. like the fans the fans loved it like there I was so they'd... much enthusiasm for it but maybe there's a way to structure it a little bit more professionally where beforehand you have to name your one, two, three, and four in the order of talent or something so that you have the ones matching up against the ones. And then you That's get like thinking. a true battle.
2: Right. You get one through four. Uh, yeah. You know, we had one, for instance, where I matched up with one particular girl and it decided to match. And I mean, obviously in the in the one JW played against Simone, I have no idea. We, initially, we had this idea it wasn't my idea but one of our players thought that it would be best to like sacrifice certain players and you play it in this it didn't make any sense to me i was like no A jw can go 8-0 against anyone he needs to yeah. play first every time i'll play second lee or maggie you guys go third and fourth like it's just statistically it just makes sense you have your best player play as many points as possible right but i think that's the way to do it if you want to maintain the dream breaker and maintain that drama then you have your one two three four lineup you don't you don't put Simone against JW. Yeah. But and it's said, just like,
1: based I, on, it's based on the duper rating alone. So you don't get sure. to determine like right. what skill level people are at and that way. Yeah. Then you have your ones playing your ones.
2: I, I see the side though, that, you know, if uh, a girl plays great and wins a few points over of a guy like Vivian played JW the one day, I think they went four and four, you know, like, yeah. like, damn. Yeah. And, and that's exciting. That's cool to root for, but it's a little gimmicky. I think so. But, um, but I don't know what the better alternative is. And, and I say gimmicky, but it's really not up to me in that regard. It's up to the fans. And if they found it compelling and they were, you know, rah, 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 and all about it, then that's really all that matters.
1: Right. Yeah. I, I, and I think that too, like the fans, definitely the dream bit breaker was the highlight for the fans. Like the crowd was louder. the The clown crowds were stomping. They were cheering. They were, and like you said, like, uh, I watched those, uh, who was it uh, that went four and four that you Vivian. mentioned? Vivian. Vivian. She did that like multiple times with multiple guys. Dude, she and decides. she doesn't even play singles that often. Right. And that's kind of like what Lee Whitwell did last year where she kept sneaking shots past like uh, Jay DeVillier. And uh, so it was, that, that part is exciting. But, and I don't know if there's a better way. Like if the fans love it, and, you know, even with gambling, like there is a risk and a chance to gambling. And if you take that out, then there's no like real incentive to like, you know, keep your fingers crossed and hope this and that, and there's some luck aspect to the game as well. So I think that has to exist.
2: Mm. Yeah. Yeah. T- tough one to say. I mean, unless there's a better alternative I for now, I like it, but maybe again, maybe I would be very surprised if the scoring system, the format, and some things weren't adjusted within the next twelve to twenty-four months.
1: And what's next for you, uh,
2: Dad? For now, dad and, dad. <laughs> dad and job.
1: Dad and job. Dad and job.
2: Boring as hell.
1: When's your next tournament? When playing like... to
2: City playing with okay. uh, Gabriel Tardio. Nice. um, Yeah. Yep. Stoked about playing with him. Think he's really good. Uh, actually, I actually don't think he gets as much credit as he should as I've watched him. I think he's nasty. And then I uh, was fortunate. He's more hype. Yeah. He's getting a little more hype. And, and then uh, yeah. this kind of, you know, my friend would, would always joke. Cause like the tournaments that I was leading up to prior, I was always teaching up to the day that it came. Like even when I played the U S open, I played singles. I taught 30 hours that week, six hours the day before, like baking in Florida sun and woke up to play Rafa Hewitt. And I was, literally cramping in the first game i was like this is ridiculous so i wanted to play but i couldn't prepare appropriately so i played rafa and then played ben and long story short i just told myself like i'll never play a tournament again unless i prepare appropriately in some context it's just i'm not going to misrepresent myself so uh for this tournament for mlp i was fortunate that the the job that i have was kind of on on a leave for about two weeks so i was able to do basically nothing but play pickleball which is i think why i was a little bit sharper and and Beer City will be the same. You know, I'll make sure that I, I prepare appropriately. And and anyway, this event led a lot of players to reach out to me. I reached out to some and my buddy kept calling it my quinceanera at uh, MLP. He's like, this is your coming out, man. No excuses. Like if you lose here, it's you know, that's toast. But fortunately, guys like Diescu and 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 Lang have showed an interest in potentially playing some ball together, which is what I hoped for.
0: So in terms of other tennis, like you, your you talked about your network earlier. I'm sure, to, I'm sure it's filled with like former, former tennis pros, right? People on the tennis side. Yep. Is there more talk of some of these guys maybe in the, who are outside of like the top, you know, where you can make money in tennis saying, Hey, maybe, maybe it's time to really make a run at this, this. Pickleball thing, or do you, have, think, do you have buddies that are talking about like they're just being more interest
2: generally? I think the guys who are my age generally aren't making that push. I don't know if they have the same fixation on pickleball that I do. It kind of came to me by chance. Um, but there's no doubt that it, there's going to be a, a, a massive sweep of talent in the next three to five years. Like It's going to be insane because tennis is extremely elitist. If you are not in the top 100 in the world in singles, you're not making money. And top 100 in the world in singles, you are a bad man. Like You are a damn good player. You are an athletic beast. There's just no alternative. So as guys around that 200 range, 200 to 500 range, and there was an interview years ago where McGovern said anybody top 1,000, like once top 1,000 gets into it, it's game over. He's not wrong. Like The, the skill set's just higher. Now there's there's going to be anomalies in that guys who grew up playing alternative sports, whether it's ping pong or badminton or something, who have great hand eye and and are different. But I think you can't really compete with a kid who's had a racket in his hand since he was three and is physically as gifted as they are, whether it be naturally or through training over the time. So you know, that's where I always like this PPA debate, right? The PPA PP, they're buying these players and exclusive contracts. It's like, go ahead, man, buy them buy all them. Yeah. take them all yeah. but in you can't buy every guy that's about to wake up and go you know screw tennis i want to play pickleball you're not going to buy all 50 of those that are coming in the next 3 to 5
0: right. and that
2: that talent pool is going to be so large that with all due respect you think the guys that are t- the top now are going to be the top then you you're mad you're mad dude there's it's, there's no chance
1: yeah this is my yeah. prediction since the 3 year contracts came out is that yes Thomas, no, you don't say. I said that these kids that are learning pickleball, the talent pool is going to be so much greater and the people at the top are not even going to be near the top because instead of people discovering pickleball at 30 and coming into the sport and deciding it's what they want to do, now you have kids that are playing at like 12, 13 years old coming up through the ranks and they're going to be there. I didn't necessarily put it all in those terms but that is an idea i have said more yeah, than you, one time yeah, the, the you, talent
2: tools are going to be huge sorry good no but you're i guessing. think like we've, we've guys, certainly
0: talked about that but i just want to call out the fact that when the contracts came out I, you and yeah, i were sure. on different sides of that and you thought it was the end of the world and i was like i think it's going to be okay i think it's still going to be the end of the world i think that still
1: the ppa is going to be like well we can't afford all this young talent that we're seeing in 2023 because we've got all these guys locked up and now all of a sudden this talent's able to go elsewhere or do something else and we don't have exclusivity to the top guys in the world yeah well i still i still maintain my stance
2: hell, man i mean but i think they can afford it it's just a matter of whether they're willing to buy it and they see it as a good business model it's just a terrible business model in my opinion
1: but then you're buying it every single year for That's a my point year contract
2: you're buying it every single. you're trying to maintain the uh the the creme de la creme and nobody knows where the creme de la creme is coming from right now nobody well knows.
0: you're all i mean also think about if they're going to go try and re-sign people or sign new players they're also saying but you can't go keep, compete for this you know potential right. 75 grand and exactly three, i mean imagine imagine if easily you're a the
2: highest payout in the sport By far. how pissed are you if you signed a contract where so you get a grand to show up at, at an event 15 times a year or whatever like who cares man good yeah. thanks and in yeah. one fair swoop steve coon and the rest of the owners are like that was a mistake don't do that again like we're we're, we're putting coin into this and we're going to make it better and just being in the, these owners meetings with these people who are very legit folks, man, they, they aren't playing around. Like they're not, they're not playing. This is going to be enormous one way or another. Yeah. And they've got deep pockets and they've got large dreams and they're aligned in their thought process. It's not fragmented as everyone thinks it's becoming more aligned in the focus. And as soon as that happens, it's it. who knows where this goes. Yeah. I
0: well,
1: gave this idea to Zane, uh, Travis, and he didn't take it. So I'm going to give it to you. Joke coming, joke coming. I, I know you're up. I'm gonna give this it to you.
2: All right, do it up, buddy. Yeah.
1: Just start claiming that you're the best pickleball player in the world, and the PPA players are scared to come to one of your events and play you, and they're purposely avoiding your events. And you're there. You're there anytime if they want to come and battle. You're yeah. there, and just keep doing that. Why can't you? And then maybe like that actually becomes reality, or people believe it. Re- it's reality and like that's i mean i mean isn't that, that really kind angle. of
2: Dub at the moment like he plays a few ppas but isn't that him i mean yeah. would, would we really like he lost to ben in the final but he was beating the pants off of him and then again i think he froze a little bit he's young but are you betting against jw in any match in singles right now because i'm not not like that guy, they... as dirty as it gets Yeah, not unless the odds are
1: really like a huge (laughs) payout. Yeah, like 10 to to 1 No, even like 2 to 1,
0: I think, is is a way better, you know. No, Zane's gotten a couple wins over him recently. That's
2: well said. And Zane's playing nasty. But there's another example, right? Like a guy who is probably not getting all the cred that he deserves, and I think it's just because he's so polished. But, dude, that that guy's as dirty as it gets also. Now, I I find JW more fun to watch just because his hand speed is so ridiculous. But, yeah, Zane's gotten a few times. Uh, he and Ben have been back and forth, pretty close. But to me, I still wager that he, that JW is the best player in the world and improving yes. faster than everyone else. Well,
0: I, I don't know. I think it, I think it goes back and forth because Zane's taken JW out a, a, in a couple of recent tournaments, right? Yeah. So, so pretty recently, he's never been able to touch Ben.
2: I, I think you have to look at those, right? Because to me, it's a, and I, and I watch this from a, a different perspective, I suppose. But to me, it, it's how he's losing that's interesting. If you watch the last one where they play in New York, he's down, I think like six, one or something like that. And he ends up, he ends up being at some point, like up a game and up like six, one or six, oh, in the next game to close it out, JW does. And again, he's just having a little bit of a difficulty at the moment with that close. But when I watch the level of play, when he's at his peak there's no one that touches that level, right? So for me, that's what I'm looking for more than the outcome at the moment. What mm-hmm. I'm looking for is that level of play. Now, there's definitely something mentally there that's a little block that he's going to have to get through. But I don't know. What are, what are Zane's results with Ben? You said he never touches Ben. Ben always beats him. Yeah. Did he ever get him?
1: No. No, he's taking games off of him, but he's never But never,
2: never won finished. one. Correct. Okay. As soon and as Ben didn't... turns it on, it's like... And who do you think... Do you think that's... How, what was the last time they played? Are you familiar? probably over,
0: I would say, five, three months, five, three months. four okay, months, so five months. Five
2: months, Punta Gorda, JW beat Zane like 11-2, 11-1 or something in the final. I thought it was the most insane performance that I'd seen. And since then, Zane's improved immensely. Again, and even last year, if you look at it, when the MLP happened, nobody chose Zane because he was a bad doubles player. Zane's a great doubles player, right? Like the guy's altered. He's shifted who he is as a player also in that span. So – yeah, Ben. This Ben, that like, whatever. I'm 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 not all for it, man. I'm pro zane pro J. Dub.
0: Yeah, I can tell. Yeah, uh, I still think Ben is is um, he's still he's still, he's still the, the guy. guy for you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And I think he I think he will be for at least like two more years. I think Ooh, it'll be. That's I'll take that bet all day. I think it'll be <laughs>
1: okay. We're gonna we're gonna go offline soon and figure out the wager here. He's not a gambler. I already
2: said he's not a gambler.
1: Yeah, Thomas right. isn't a gambler. He'll gamble. <laughs> no, can't afford it right now. Oh, you've <laughs> wasted more money on dumber stuff. Come on, Thomas. That's true. So two
2: years in, let's this say mic. twelve months, we wager that JW is the best player in the world, and Ben is number two. And if they play starting really? at this point, if JW that's has a, a winning record against him, then I win. And if Ben has a winning record, then you win. And we'll just make it like ten bucks, just for fun. All
0: right. Let's All take right. So, right, so, in June of 20,
1: in so in June of 2023, Yes. J-W needs to have more wins over Ben than Ben
2: has over J-Dub. Correct. And a higher rating. And a higher rating, yes. Okay. Which I think he will because yes. he's playing more tournaments. So, But mostly, okay. it's, it, mostly we should just make it the head-to-head. I think the head-to-head is more important.
0: That yeah. is actually more important. There's yep. only so many instances where that's going to happen too. So it'll be it will be interesting and I to be I'm looking forward I'm not even sure what those will be there's probably a select few ppas I think coming J-Dub up will go it? over there yeah well, jw will go over play those ppas but as we know ben sits in the the ppas and that's where he is and J.W. has got to go find him
2: yeah that's the downside of all this nonsense
0: yeah but uh well listen i mean you look at uh look at what's happening right now in golf even regardless of how this shakes out somebody with enough money one day could come in and say hey here's a massive check i mean right. we have sergio garcia dustin johnson i mean they've won recent masters and they just got paid to go over to the the
1: like new golf tour of the 50 Nicholson's 50 over
0: there too right
2: right yeah, he's there too yeah.
1: um speaking of sergio i played a little pickleball with him this
0: last weekend i wasn't a he? bad player he's not he was, a bad right? i watched uh, a no. little bit he looked alright yeah yeah yeah, yeah. He, i think golf I think there's an easy transition there for uh, like at the least in hands. terms of doubles, the, the hand eye for golfers is like, if you've ever got, I don't know if you guys have ever golfed with somebody who's like a top level player. It is <clears throat> effortless. I mean, they're, they're, they're straight up on a different level than other humans, right? The hand eye coordination they have is, is it's like, you just, you look at them and you go, how? And it, and it's just like automatic. It, they're just at a different level. And uh, so see if that,
2: I think he played tennis a little bit as a kid too. Like I think he has a, a touch. Yeah. he he's
1: still Sergio. plays. Oh, yeah. he does. And okay. he still plays. He said he, uh, in pickleball, definitely just in that little short rec game, I played with him. He's at least as good as I am. I think. Wow. Damn. <laughs> yeah. Baller. That's what I'm saying a lot. Travis, have you seen hey, Tyson play? I saw you hitting a few. I mean, you didn't look bad. Oh, look at this guy <laughs> you hesitated. Travis, I heard, all right. <laughs> you had
0: Travis, one
2: time Travis, it, hey, I'm i like would, a four I five. would judge you off a few balls. What are you? You're like a four or five. Yeah, maybe.
0: Uh, no, he's uh, saying a four, not a tournament Tyson, four or five. Tyson convinced me to play four or five with him. And I'm I'm probably more of a 5-0. Uh, convinced me to play four or five. I would beat Thomas in singles every single day. <laughs> Nobody cares about singles.
2: It's true, not many.
0: I, if Sorry we had a clone them. as a partner, I would beat him in doubles. So anyway, Travis, because Tyson doesn't want us. we went and played a four or five tournament together in Vegas and we got smoked. We definitely yeah. did get smoked, but it also was only 50% my fault.
1: <laughs> yeah, I like, I like, that. they
2: target you Tyson. Did you get targeted? No, no, no. I
1: didn't. No, I okay. definitely did not get targeted. I wasn't bad enough that I got targeted.
2: <laughs> I got targeted. I just got targeted. I felt it for the first time in my life. <laughs> <feel great.
0: laughs> I, sometimes I like being targeted. It's like, all right, I get to play like, more balls. It, light, light's a little fire. It's that underdog mentality. like, I'm going to come at you 10 times harder. It's well, like, it certainly
2: like opened it. up some Ernie's, you know, like they have to hit it. So,
1: Thomas, that yeah. tournament was also a year ago. I'm so much better now. Oh,
0: seven, seven months or something like that. Whatever. It's all a blur to me. You're better. What have you been drilling? No, just playing rec not. games. I certainly hope not. Playing rec games, dude. I
2: Although I, I do have a ball machine actually online. I think I watched one of them.
1: Mm-hmm. Trap or uh, Tyson's? An entire yes. rec game?
2: I don't know if I watched the whole thing. Who was I playing? A few points. No clue. Nighttime game. You guys oh. had the camera set up. Yeah, oh, I used us to too? do that a lot. Yeah, it might was have been. It me and-
1: Oh, I earned him. <laughs> and I also <laughs> won one? the game. Can't and clear, I still never clarify. got – I never got my dink stuff that we had – I had coming to me. He said, if yeah, you win the game, if you win, you get the dink, all this dink paraphernalia. And I was like, cool. And he's like, yeah. if you lose, you have to travel with the dink for the rest of the season. So, I was not going to lose that thing. You dominated. Yeah, had to. Good stuff. Look at Thomas, has no answer.
2: (laughs) (laughs) What
0: what
1: would I I even say? You'd be like, What's your address, Tyson? I do owe you some dink t shirts. Yeah, you'll get, no, it's in the mail right
0: now. Okay, cool. Yeah, Yeah. I did see there's something coming from DHL. Maybe it's you. Uh, I want to ask Travis one more. I want to ask Travis one more question. So, um, just. what's like your biggest takeaway from major league pickleball generally anything, maybe you would fix anything that you were like, this is why it's going to be so great. Or, I mean, do you have, was there anything you came away from last weekend and you were like, this is, this is the biggest takeaway.
2: Yeah, It's really tough to say because there was a lot of them, but I would say, you know, my, my initial response is that the reaction from the fans that I spoke to was so positive that they seemed to be having as much fun as I was playing. And, you know, you get that like through the tennis world, you get that a lot. Like someone comes up and like, Hey, great playing. You did a great job, blah, blah, blah. But this was much more, uh, like genuine. You could feel that people were immersed in the moment and they were living and dying with each point. And I think that The fact that the rec sport is as popular as we both know it is, we all know it is, that people feel connected to the players and feel connected to the teams. If we can build on that and build on that momentum, which is why we went with Florida Smash, you know, that was really my pitch is I don't want a business, I want a community. That was important to me. And if we can build on that, and a lot of people in our community are asking us, hey, where do we get merch? Where do we get this? Where do we get that? Um so if we can have these communities rep our teams and care about our teams yeah. and feel the events the way that the fans at the event felt it, then yes, Major League Pickleball will be enormous because there's nothing like it. I wrote Steve at one point, I think it was after the second night, like how how do people go back to normal events after this? Like the, the adrenaline's so high. Uh, you know, you form a bond with your teammates, the, the formats just creating all this energy and and all these, these great moments. Uh, So again, there's going to be, need to be some tweaks, but that energy was not just felt by me. It seemed like it was felt by everybody who was watching.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I heard that multiple times from multiple people. Like how do we go back to a normal tournament and a normal event after experiencing this?
2: Yeah.
0: Yeah. Not much like it. Nothing like it. That's like the tagline or something. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Um, There isn't. Uh no, that's good. All right. Let's let's end on that. That was solid. All right, yeah. gentlemen.
1: Thanks, Thanks Travis. Travis. Thanks so Thanks much, for guys. Here. See you soon. Meyer. We'll say that, your last definitely. name correctly because uh we heard it said incorrectly one time uh this weekend.
2: Don't let that happen again. <laughs> it wasn't me. I believe it. <laughs> or All right, Thomas. Okay. See you later. guys. Have a great day. Later. <laughs> you too. Later. Bye.
0: Thomas. Yes, we're still recording.
1: I know. Did you catch that when uh, Travis was given the award for uh, was it a sportsmanship award? I think he was given or something oh, at the end. No, I was out in the parking lot. But oh yeah, they put an H instead of an M in his last name. Mm, tough, so really tough. I was like, I don't even know who that is. So, um, okay, we on next week? What? What are you going to say to me?
0: Don't, if we don't have an emergency pod between now and then. Because
1: we have an emergency pod update that needs to happen. Hold on. Uh Uh-oh. Breaking news? Breaking
0: news? Uh, So there's a couple things I can't there's a couple things that have that have happened and are unfolding right now that we're trying to figure out how to tastefully publish. Okay that will be the only thing we talk about next episode. Um I two re- different two separate things that will dominate the topic the 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 conversation for
1: Okay. a while. I got Tuesday I, and, and I got Wednesday. Open. I got Tuesday and Wednesday open.
0: Yeah. Okay. In the um let's see can you guys follow us on Twitter? Follow us on Twitter. Yeah, we're we're I, ramping up Twitter. Pickleball I, Twitter. It's it's starting to happen a little bit more. I like and it. I'm I like the action there. So it's cool. Also, we can interact with people more. It's more conversational. I don't like these other platforms where, I don't know, for whatever reason, it just doesn't lend to that. And here on Twitter, we like go back and forth more of a, and it's yeah. it's a faster. You know, Instagram, you got to make everything look pretty. You know, same with all the other channels, polished twitter we're just unpolished throwing it out there yeah follow us in the rough um okay no good episode uh good episode later see ya